Bienvenidos al podcast de Latino Founder Hour. Each week we invite you to spend an in-depth hour with us as we speak with a Latino startup founder from somewhere around the world. Aquí conocerás esas historias de éxito y fracasos, retos personales y lecciones aprendidas. And we have fun. We're live every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Tune in at startupradionetwork.com. O en versión podcast después del show. Escucha. Listen. Aprende. Learn. Y emprende. Launch. Bienvenidos a Latino Founder Hour, episodio 111. Este viernes 17 de abril del 2020, les saludo del fundador de Clito, Edward Navas, su host. Y hoy tengo un invitado especial que me va a ayudar a conducir la entrevista, María García. Ya Ella ha sido este, también invitada en el show. Bienvenida, María. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for coming uh, along. And today we have, uh, as a guest, Manuel Castañeda, founder of Fly Systems. So I welcome both of you, Manuel and Maria, to the show. ¿Cómo están? Buenos días. Hola, buenos días. This is Maria. Good morning, all. Buenos días, Manuel Castañeda. Aquí, Edgar y Maria, buenos días. Oye, pues, uh, well, thank you so much for coming to the show. But anyway, in this time, again, you know, we're, we're experiencing a pandemic. I'm still in Mexico. Hopefully, you know, we'll be flying back tomorrow if, if, if everything go, goes all right. But um, uh, we wanted to bring Manuel because he, you, you have an amazing story to tell, Manuel. Uh, you know, you're the founder of Fly Systems, but you personally have a, a long uh, history of entrepreneurship. Can you, can you tell us a, a little bit about your background? Well, I, I've been very blessed, Edgar, because um, I grew up in a very tiny village in Mexico where we had six homes and no electricity or running water. And we found a way, my parents found a way to um, raise 12 kids. And oh, wow. some, of, some of us were able to go to school to neighboring villages, but some never did. And, uh, and they're still, they're doing great because that just shows the, the, uh, uh, human spirit, what you can do if you have the drive and, you know, people that can guide you and teach you work ethic. Um, so at around 14 years old, when I turned 14, I graduated from uh, elementary school in Mexico and my parents were already here in the States in central Washington. So they, They sent a letter so that I could come and join them and translate for for them. So during that time, uh, we lived in central Washington and we worked in the asparagus fields and uh, potatoes and many other agricultural projects that were happening in that area. So when we were there, the economy was very bad, very bad. It was during the oil embargo and uh, one of my uh, cousins who lived in Oregon came to visit us and he noticed that we were in in desperate needs there uh, it was it was pretty bad and they he said oh in Oregon there's a lot of work you guys should just come over and a lot of farmers need help so we follow him along After he showed up, we just followed him and over the weekend, <laughs> loaded up a truck and a car, and we all uh, went on the back of the truck and in the car and followed him. And he says, you guys can stay with me in my place, which he had a two-bedroom apartment uh, duplex. But And can you imagine with all of us there? So there was about 14 or 16 of us <laughs> there in that apartment. Oh, wow. <laughs> with two bedrooms. And... We started working in the fields here uh, in Washington County, which is the area where I'm running for uh, commissioner for this county now. And, and when we were here, he said to us, you know, there are a lot of farmers here that offer free housing if you work for them. But I don't recommend okay. you guys, he says, but I don't recommend you guys do that because then you're going to be tied to working only for them and you won't be able to move around and look for better places as you uh, oh, wow. stabilize it. Like yeah. yeah, and it, it was a great idea that we just 
decided to tough it out until we made enough money and went and paid uh, our own uh, place. We rented our own place, and and that allowed us to uh, keep improving each each year. Each year, we would improve a little more and a little bit more. You know, we would go to a better home, a little larger home, and we would get a better jobs. You know, from working in the fields to nurseries and from nurseries to uh, packing places and, you know, just kept moving up slowly. And then at the same time, I was uh, going to school and working. At the age of um, 20, I I had already uh, graduated from high school and had uh, worked for a landscape company. And at that point, I decided to just go on my own and started my own business. And I started a business with a wedding at age 20, uh-huh, right after high school. And I um, I started with a lawnmower and a pickup truck. I had $800 credit limit in our credit card and went and bought a lawnmower and, and uh, had a blue pickup truck and we started working. And this... The company just kind of started moving by having one client on one street, and pretty soon the neighbor across the street was waiting for us, and then the next door neighbor, then the next door. Pretty soon we're doing the entire street uh, here in the Portland area, and then we move on to the next street, and they give us more referrals, and I started hiring people because I couldn't do it anymore. I started hiring people immediately. And uh, I found out as I was hiring people that maybe about two years later that, oh boy, I'm not doing what I knew how to do. I knew how to, you know, trim trees and, and cut grass and stuff like that. But now my biggest worries is dealing with people and dealing with payrolls and filling out forms for the government and, you know, the <laughs> returning calls yeah. for clients. It wasn't what I was um, used to doing and what I knew how to do. So I decided that maybe I should go, maybe I'm doing something wrong. I should go and sign up for uh, classes, college classes. Maybe I don't know how to do this. That's why I'm having so much trouble uh, with finances. And I did. I signed up uh, at a local community college here, Portland Community College. And I I was there for about a week, and at that point it was very difficult for me because the the professor started telling us stories about his daughter and her dog, and I'm thinking, oh my god, I don't have time for that. I I, I need I need to learn about how am I going to manage this. <laughs> business better so anyways i went and talked to him and 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 thank him for the time i said i i need to find a different place i'm sorry this is not for me so i looked for other ways and there were more private um uh instructors that were doing uh business management uh, classes and that sort of stuff and 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 then decided to um ask my clients and make them my mentors and they uh so many of them became mentors and started teaching me about basic construction laws and and how to uh, formulate contracts and and basic things that you need when you're in business and they would do a, a lot of that work initial work for me just to teach me how to do it and so that worked out very good and a few years later uh the company already has 25 employees and and i'm still running the business at home so now my neighbors are not very happy about that and that happens to a lot of small businesses you know they that's how they uh, almost all of them started they outgrow their place where they started we started in the garage there at the house and eventually you run out of room and then you can't have when you have two or three employees. That's not a big deal. But when you have twenty-five, then then it becomes yeah. a problem. So I, so, I so, so, 
Mm-hmm. Go and ahead. You, so you pivoted from the landscaping business to the construction of kept the yes. employees or, or at least the core. Yes. At about maybe 10 years into the landscape business, uh, I had about 25 employees at that time. And uh, I, I was beginning to worry that the business was too seasonal and that my business had too many competitors doing the same thing. So I said, I need to find something that is going to uh, keep me busy and keep everyone busy in the winter time, even when the weather's horrible. Or I need, yeah. I need to find something that is more unique and that uh, there's less, uh, uh, less people doing the same thing, and and offering something more special. So I, I kept looking and looking. Uh, I said, well, could I? I don't know. Maybe could I start a ski area? But that was way beyond anything I could do, you know, financially. So I said, that's not going to work. But I kept. Uh, I kept looking and moving. Um, my best advice for people that are running small businesses like like I am or like I was before too is to um, just keep moving because you'll stumble into something. The problem is that if you just sit around, you're not going to stumble into anything. Uh, right. And I, uh, about 10 years after that, uh, there was a show, a home and garden show here in Portland at the Expo Center. And that show, I had a little booth there, a 10 by 10 booth with some pictures showing what I was capable of doing for maintaining people's grounds. And an old man showed up there. He seemed tired and dazed a little bit so i offered him to come and rest in a chair that i had there and he says oh no i don't i i i'm not gonna buy anything from you because i do everything myself i said don't worry about that you just come and sit here and i will uh once you rest and you you feel good you can keep walking so when he was uh when he was uh, sitting there he share with me, I started talking to him that he was a geotechnical engineer and he was a British British gentleman that was kind of older and I said, oh, so what does a geotechnical engineer do? And so he starts telling me and he tells me he's from Europe, from uh, England and that uh, he used to run the uh, engineering department for the city of Portland. And I said, oh, okay, so what are you doing now? He says, well, I'm trying to do some specialty work for uh, hill sites that are unstable and, um, and, and stabilizing them with different systems than just building walls. And I says, okay, what is that? He says, well, it's a, a, soil, <laughs> yeah. a, soil, a soil nail system, a pin pile system. Of course, that didn't mean anything to me because I, I didn't know what it was. And I said, hmm, so why aren't you doing it and now? He says, well, I, don't, I haven't found anyone that knows how to do that around here or that, wants, or that, that, uh, that can do that for me. So that's when I... I, I looked at him and I says, wow, you're in luck today. And he says, oh, why is that? He says, because you found someone. You, I did? He said, no, you can. You do this kind of work? I says, no, I don't, I don't even know what it is. But if you tell me where, where you live, I will come over and you can teach me over the weekends. And we're going to get this done. He says, really? You're kidding. I said, no, I'm not. So he did. He gave me, he gave me his address, and I would be there on Saturdays and Sundays, and he would teach me about the properties of soils and how how soil can arch certain distances depending of the you know the composition of the materials and all that. Most of that stuff was going over my head, but I uh, a few months later I told him I think I'm ready. What else? What's the next step? And so he told me, okay, buy an air compressor, buy a hammer, and we have the first job. And after the first job and the second job, I noticed that, oh, my goodness, there's a lot more money here. And this guy is going gonna to really open up a, 
a whole new opportunity for me. And so that was that was really the switch to this new business. And from there, it just took off where we started expanding and and uh, meeting people from all over the world. A few, a couple of years later, I was in Finland meeting with people there to talk about how to improve our processes for installation of the systems and to stabilize the uh, soils. And, That's a, oh, a wow. beautiful story, Manuel. Thank you for sharing. Because it makes me just think about a small business owner myself, you know, going through this COVID-19 crisis, I've been thinking a lot about how do I restructure my business? How is this crisis going to, how am I going to benefit from this? And I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm trying to just think about a better future, you know? And yeah. your story is very um, powerful because it makes me think of opportunities that I have just right there on my face, right? And I'm as you're talking about your, your life experience, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, the opportunities that I currently have. And I think it's a very cultural thing, um, at least in, you know, uh, our Hispanic or Mexican culture, to be specific. Um, we many times are very fearful of challenges, right? Um, and that's normal. That's natural. And I guess it's not just cultural, but we tend to be more... Um, uh, I guess resourceful. Uh, resourceful, yeah, exactly, right. So, um, what will be? I want you to give us a message. I, give, I want you to give us a um, from your perspective of all the challenges that you have experienced and how you have grown your business, given the current crisis. Give us yeah. a, tell us something that is uplifting. You know. Mm -hmm. um, that make us feel like, you know what, Manuel did it, uh, Maria is thinking about it, Edgar is working on it, you know, but what is in there for me? So how can we change this perspective of, I don't know what to do, and this is that, to, okay, this is an opportunity, and what am I going to do with it? Just tell us something uplifting. <laughs> yes. So yeah. I, I agree with you, Maria. I agree with you that uh, almost every time, we have a downturn. It really is an opportunity for us to um, to take a look at things from a different perspective. Uh, and sometimes, um, if we just stay in that area and nothing shakes us up, uh, then then we we remain there. In my case, uh, I was doing really well. And then suddenly I'm on a project in Portland, now a bigger project. We have half of the road closed, uh, putting in pilings for a new home. And uh, Tony, this mentor, engineer, never shows up to the site. And I wonder what happened. And there's chaos for a, for a while there because people are call, calling me, do we continue or do we stop? The engineer that was supposed to be here running this is not here. And I had oh. to make an executive decision and said, continue. Uh, let's keep records, pictures, and records, and I'll be there. And I found out later, we finished the project, and he never showed up. I found out later because he finally answered the, the phone two weeks later. He had come back from the hospital, and he said, uh, Manuel, I only have a few weeks to li live, so I don't. I'm sorry, I'm not interested in in doing any more of this. Oh, wow. So he had, uh, they found a big tumor, and in six weeks he was he was gone. He was dead. So at that point, I I got this big problem. We got a complete project that we have no inspections for, you know, and no one to sign off on it. So I found another engineer. I I call. The next engineer that I, I met one time, and he seemed like a nice guy. I told him what happened, and he says, I will take over, and I will help you out. So he did. He signed up. He had he put in his name there, and he had nothing to gain for it, just to help out. And ultimately, 
he asked me, so what's going to happen now? And I says, I don't know. He says, you, do you like doing this kind of work? And I says, yes. So he says, if you give me some of those files, I think I can figure out what uh, Tony was doing, the engineer, and I can um, design more of these projects. And so then I got happy again. And sure enough, he started designing more. But then I said, well, Tony, Tony is no longer here. And now I have an opportunity to open up and go and visit other engineers that might be interested in these solutions. And instead of having work coming just from one engineer, now I had uh, two, three, and then four or five different sources, seven, eight, and 10 different engineers feeding us work now because I was free to go around and, and ask them and share what we were doing. So it, it really, those, those uh, things happen to all of us and anyone in business just has to know that things might be rosy today, but then the next month, things can completely change like they have with this coronavirus. But it doesn't mean that it's the exactly. end of it. It doesn't mean that it's the end of anything, really. It's it's really uh, a time to shake us up and, and figure out, okay, this is an opportunity here. I'm going to see it as an opportunity to now uh, go to the next level. In my case, when, when this happened, when other engineers came in, uh, I was now in a whole different area where some of these engineers, because I went to them with these ideas and showed them what it is, they believed that I, that I knew a lot about this area of engineering, and they saw me as the expert. So now I'm the expert. And some of them are paying me, you know, to tell them how to do it. And I go like, wow, how did I become an expert? I didn't know anything a little while ago. It's just, I was just in a different uh, position at that moment. And and I even got very concerned because I was, they were sending me big reports. And some of the reports I could read, but they said, for example, oh, uh, the power the pile should be restrained at the point of fixity. And I go like, oh, I can read all that, but I don't know where the point of fixity is. You know? Where is the point of fixity? You know, it was like looking for the lowest common denominator in school. When I go like, oh, what's the <laughs> You go home and you ask your parents, dad or mom, where the, what's the lowest common denominator for this? And they just look at you. That's how I was uh, thinking about those reports. So when that happened, I go like, I better go and, and figure this out. So I found out that at a local hotel here, which is the Crown Plaza Hotel by IFI, all the engineers were um, gathering there on a regular basis to uh, get continuous education and keep their engineering licenses. So I showed up there and to uh, one of their events and they looked for my name on the list and I said, I'm not on that list. Uh, I, I just, I want you to charge me and I'd like to come in. And they go like, well, if you're not an engineer, then you can't come in. This is only like where doctors would go to get continuous education to keep your yeah. license too. And I go like, look, uh, can you just let me in? And I'll just sit on the very back and I won't make any noise. I'll pay your fee. He says, but why would you want to do this? It would be totally useless. Do you have any experience in this field? I says, no. Uh, what's your background? I said, I said landscaping. <laughs> he said, no, it has nothing to do with that. I go like, look, have a, I, I, I promise I will not make any noise. You, I pay you, and I just sit in the back. And finally, the guy says, okay, as long as you know there's no benefit to you. And I said, okay, okay that's fine. I'm aware of that. Um, so when I uh, uh, when they let me in, uh, I came back in. Came back in late, around 10 p.m. from there, and. Uh, my wife asked me how to go, and I says, well, I didn't understand anything. They had a lot of charts. <laughs> she says, are you going back? <laughs> are you going back? And I says, yes, I am. Uh, so so I did. I did uh, uh, went back, and when I went back the next time, they, they looked for my name again, and 
Uh, I said, oh, don't look for my name. I already have an agreement here that I pay you and I just go to the back. And they go, they looked at me like an agreement. <laughs> there was no agreement, but anyway, so, uh, <laughs> I paid, I paid him again. This was a different person in the front. And I, I, I went there and I kept doing that. But after maybe two years, uh, every time I went out to visit a client, uh, I had to disclose to the client that, that I was not an engineer because they kept thinking I was an engineer because I was acting and speaking like an engineer. And you'd be amazed what happens when you start hanging out with certain people. Just like sometimes our kids can hang out with uh, the wrong crowd or maybe gangsters or something. They start learning those uh, habits and they start walking like them and speaking like them. (laughs) So that really made a started started to show me that, hey, maybe I am learning something. Well, uh, to make the story shorter, 10 years later, I kept going, and I was asked to teach the class for the engineers. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 went, you went from, from colado, like we say, the, the, el colado, to, to the, the teacher. That, that's, that's yeah, and, and now... Uh, Many engineering firms we actually provide, and we also provide um, uh, expertise for uh, uh, cases where things went wrong, and in court or or through other engineers they show and they use us for expertise to design projects of any kinds, from tunnels to roads to buildings and seismic upgrades. Uh, but oh it, it just, it just means that if if I can do it, I can guarantee you anybody can do it. Because I was not the smartest kid at school by no means. Oh my God, that's, that's incredible. And with that in mind, let us um, you know, pay your bills here, go to the sponsors, and we'll be right back. Support for today's episode comes from our friends at Ruby Receptionist. At Ruby, they master the art of turning rings into relationships. Their team of remote receptionists answer all your calls live as if they're right there in your office. And with Ruby's mobile app, you easily control just how they screen, transfer, and take your messages. Together, you and Ruby transform your phone into the sales engine it was meant to be. Visit callruby.com forward slash startup radio to sign up, or better yet, call them at 833-861-8100 and use promo code Ruby. Tell them Sylvia and Edgar send you and you get a $150 credit. Today's episode of the Latino Founder Hour is brought to you by CPA Dudes, where accounting is never boring. Their price is not based on time. Instead, customers decide what to pay them. They don't charge you for sending invoices, phone calls, emails, texts, or meetings. They just get the damn job done. Find them at cpadudes.com slash startup radio. Okay, and we're back with Manuel Castaneda, founder of Fly Systems. We're listening to an amazing story, you know, going from the from the fields in Washington State to uh, lecturing engineers and and in in systems. So, Manuel, you know, so moving forward, now you're um, you know teaching classes, going internationally, uh, and you mentioned Finland or or, or some other country you know, to to give you know provide ex- not only expertise but projects. So, how did that change your? Um, your perspective once you started to, you know, getting all those big deals, big projects, and, and meeting people from all over the world. What, what, what brought you, you know, how, how did that help your company grow? Well, it, it really, um, it really changed the way that I, I started to look at things. And I started to see that, hey, I need to think much bigger. I've been thinking too small for too long. You know, there are, big possibilities here because I, I made um, great connections with uh, uh, some Finnish engineers and and also uh, after that I started hooking up with some folks in Germany and Italy and as of today we do a lot of, uh, a lot of work with uh, many of those uh, people and those companies there we exchange a lot of ideas and information i found out i started finding out that it was a great way to grow the business quicker because 
for example, if Maria has a, um, a, a, a coffee house here in Portland, which she does, I, I know that, um, she, if she wants to find better ideas on, on how to improve her place, uh, it's very tough to get uh, ideas from the local people because they don't, they don't want her. They might, they don't really, it's not in their best interest if Maria is successful, if they're doing the same thing. But if, if she goes outside the area, like I've been going a lot to Europe and East, uh, like uh, Colorado and other places, then those people are going to be very open with me. And they tell me everything, what they use for ingredients, because they don't think I'm going to be competing with them. But here, yeah. it's almost impossible to get that kind of information. Yeah. So I, I would say that if you have an opportunity to expand your horizon and start thinking thinking big, even if you can't make it that big, but at least think big, you know, if you shoot for, for Mars and maybe you'll hit the moon or something. And you know what? I I'm, I'm totally agree with you, uh, Manuel. You know, I I consider myself a very blessed person just because of the fact that, you know, I have my family, a big network, you know, my friends, including you guys. And and those are big opportunities. And that means that translates into support, right? Mm-hmm. And taking that into consideration and, you know, the crisis and, you know, I have a, a, a business, a coffee shop downtown that is very competitive, right? And I'm fully aware of that. Yeah. And I totally agree with you that we need to look outside the box, you know. Um, I'm very creative, you know. My mind doesn't stop, never, <laughs> you know. And, and that's a good thing because I used to think that I was just a dreamer. But now, you know, um, thinking that, well, most of those, those dreams have, become a reality because I work for, you know, those mm-hmm. uh, dreams to become real, just like you did, right? And I've been in the same situation like you where I don't know what to do with what I have right now, but I know I got to do something, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a different type of crisis, right? And maybe we don't recognize it as crisis because that's been part of our life. It's just solving problems, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying all our life have been full of problems, but yes, a lot of uh, challenges, right? And that's what makes us who we are. And it gives us the extra resistance. It gives us the creativity. You know, it gives us a lot of really good things that are needed, especially as uh, um, business owners, right? We we tend to create and think a little bit outside the box. And um, talking about um, growing, you know, in looking into different horizons, I totally agree. We we need to see this opportunity as something new. How do we restructure ourselves? What do we do with what we have? You know, like we say in Spanish, si del cielo cae limones, hay que aprender a hacer limonada, no? Yes. And, and I really like that. Um, your passion about, you know, your business, your community, and now that you're running for this um position uh, as um, Washington County Commissioner, I really think that you uh, you will be a great uh, leader, you know. I mean, you are already, you know, but we want you there. You know, I want you to be there, and I don't know yes. my county. You know, but I really think that your life experience brings a lot of value to that position and, you know, well, makes you very... You know what? I, I want to, yeah, I, I want to mention this because not only it's a great story, uh, Manuel, I mean, it, it, it is a truly inspiring story. And this is what moves people. You know, this, this is what we we try to do here. You showcase all the stories when we say, well, I can't do this because I don't have the studies or I don't have the resources. I, I, I wasn't born in the right family. No. I mean, all that we've shown it over and over that, yes, it does help. Obviously, I mean, if you're born in privilege, I mean, it, it, it absolutely helps. But if, if you, if you, if you're not, and you just really want it, I mean, all you have to do is work extremely hard. I mean, yeah, you, you have to work hard no matter what. And, and look at the story. I mean, I'm taking the notes. I mean, coming from a, a small village with no electricity, no utilities in Mexico, to lecturing engineers and, you know, and now all over the world. So that, if that's not inspiring, it, you know, I don't know what is. 
Well, thank you. And I, I really, um, I really think that we have to find a reason to do things. And in my case, I, I knew that my parents, for example, they never had an opportunity to go to school. They can hardly, you know, write their name when they, when they sign their name. But I thought, you know, I have an opportunity here. I should figure out how to do something so I can help them out, you know? And so I could help the yeah. other half of the siblings that didn't make it to school either. And, and when, when you do something well and when you become more successful, then you have that opportunity to help others. And, you know, my mom still works here. She works with me here. And she's over 80 years old. She could oh my be, gosh, that's amazing. She could be, yeah, she could be set in a home and just getting old there watching TV, but that's not a life. You want a purpose yeah. in life to keep living and be happy. The way you are happy when you're old is if you feel like you're still uh, needed in life, you know, like you're still contributing. And she feels like she's contributing every day when she comes over to work. That's and my, and wow. my dad's still out there also chasing animals and stuff, and he's 88 years old, too. So I think <laughs> it's important that they have those opportunities. Otherwise, you know, they they would have just told them, well, you're retired, go back, go home, and, and, and die. Yeah. And die, yeah, watch, sit on the sofa there. And I think that, yeah, there's uh, this uh, stigma about the... Mexican or Hispanic or Latino community living here, right? That um, I clearly see, <clears throat> sorry, Manuel um, being the person um, that serves um, the purpose of his own life, you know, which is serving and helping and guiding, right? I uh, That's how I see you, Manuel, you know, and, and, and I, like, I like what I see, you know, and what I perceive from you. And, and that's important. That's important, especially for our community, you know, living abroad, to, to have these type of um, models, right, that our younger generations can follow after or we can uh, get inspired also as the parents, right? And, and that's how we change the narrative of our Latino community living here because not everybody belongs to gangs. They exist, yes, unfortunately they exist. Not everybody is into drugs. A lot of our community members are into that. Yes, we, we know that. We know the social problems that our community and all communities have, right? But you see somebody from our community being successful um, and being humble about it, you know, and, and sharing his experience and growth and um, pretty much all his life, right? That's very inspiring. And people should look at people like Manuel, you know, like you, Edgar, like, like me, like so many of our friends that are, are bringing, you know, success, they're active, they're doing positive things in our community. That's the type of narrative that we want, right? Uh, to be absolutely about our community. Yeah, and, and, and you know, we, we know that we are pretty um, shy about it. I mean, our culture is not about one about bragging. It you know we, we're taught at an early at an early age to be like, okay, whatever you do, do it quietly. You're humble, but I, I think you're right, Marianne. You know, we we've had these conversations with other people. I think it's time for all of us to to shake out that. Um, I don't know if it's fear, part of our culture, but, you know, inspire others and, and just pull them to say, look, if I did it, which, you know, I'm nothing special, I'm just like you uh, and, and everybody else, why, why, why can't you? I mean, it's a moment to, to see, you know, the amazing things that we're building, especially in these times, you know, you know, we, we've been attacked, we've been prejudiced, and, and it's time to show, like, look, you know, we, we do our thing. With or without support, we still, if we, when we put ourselves um, a goal, you know, we reach it and then we get another goal and then another one. And if, and if things fail, then we dust it up and then we do another thing or we do it again. So that, that's that's part of, you know, what, what we wanted to showcase with Manuel's story. Uh, and I know you have, you know, you have plans in the future for your company. You know, you, you're also expanding into this new role. 
uh, trying to get you know be uh, represented and you know have, have you know uh, of the, not only your community at large but you know the larger community yeah yeah Washington County. So for that I, I applaud. I mean it takes a lot of a lot of courage to also get into that realm. You know making the jump. Uh, and not, not that you're leaving your entrepreneurial career, but you know, just going into into the politics um, of, of your uh, of your community. That's that's remarkable. Yes. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity, and I I'm I'm just um, excited to tell everyone that if you're not if you're not making mistakes out there, that means you're not trying hard enough. <laughs> you just have to. Keep going. The mistakes are okay. They they help you learn. And also, for those that are in our district in Washington County, we ask that you uh, vote for me when when the election comes in May 19th. And I I'm going to do everything I can, like I have done for our employees here, so that they can have a better life. I will do the same thing for. Everyone who lives in Washington County, regardless of their race or religion or color, I, I want everybody to be successful because when we're successful, uh, it, it affects us all. You know, if we're all doing bad, then nothing, no one's doing great. Uh, so that's that's the reason why I'm running. I really want everybody to have a better chance of life and opportunity here where we live. That's fantastic. Manuel, and I had a question, you know, regarding your company as well. Um, to this date, I mean, we, I think we've passed forward, but to this date, you have not raised any, um, any investment. It's, it's been all done through, you know, all capital in, in your own investments. Is that right? Yes, yes. It was basically the initial credit card, $800, and then from there, uh, when I was low on funds because I didn't have enough money to make the next payroll, I, I was short a couple thousand dollars. I would go to my sister or the other sister or brother or, you know, and they let me borrow a thousand here, two thousand there. And then I pay them back and eventually some clients stepped in and they became mentors. And yeah. one, one of them would send me Thousands of dollars, ten thousand, thirty thousand from Ohio, from Arizona. After he left the the area, because he got interested oh, wow. in helping out with no interest or nothing signed, just send the money so that I, I could uh, make uh, urgent payments, and then with the idea that I would just pay him back as soon as I got paid, which I did. Yeah, unbelievable. That's amazing. So uh, it's all self-funded. The company has grown from $800 to a multi-million-dollar operation. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you're doing business internationally, are you? Yes, yes. I we um, we're right currently working in six states: uh, Arkansas, Michigan, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, California. But um, we deal a lot with uh, other countries and. And mainly, mainly in in the research area in exchanging ideas for now. Okay. Um, but uh, Canada was an area that I was going to open an office, but uh, I'm still thinking about it. It's just the taxes were really high there, and and that oh, that was discouraging. Going <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. Yeah. I have, I have a question for you, Manuel, in regards mm -hmm. to business. I'm just curious. Have you ever thought about um, having a mirror company in Mexico? Because I, yes. I assume that, you know, there's a need for that. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a constant um, so building. And yeah, so I'm glad you asked. Um, the, I had a, a brother here who also had a small landscape business. And I told him, you should do something uh, beyond that so that you can move to the next level. And he asked me, what do you think? And I says, you know, uh, why don't you go to Mexico? I says, I know Mexico. Think about what, what are people in Mexico short of? What do they really need out there that I can help uh, with from here? And I told him, I've been thinking about this. And why don't you go uh, build 
deep water wells for people. So we bought a, 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 the equipment together, and he's out there in Mexico doing uh, deep uh, deep water wells that are, you know, uh, 150 uh, meters deep or three, 400 feet oh, wow. deep and doing a lot of wells for communities and, and bringing clean water to communities and uh, also for irrigation and other other uses. So it is expanding. I'm not there personally, but I'm from here helping out. And where is, that, where is your brother located? And he's, he's located in, in Michoacan and Colima, both. But they do work all over the country or... Just for now, just those two states. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. But he's he's tells tells me he's like super busy, very yeah. very busy. And uh, I told him, well, it's time to add more equipment and more people. Exactly, that's beautiful. Oh. Okay, so the, your your well, the business, you know, through your uh, uh, brother ventures expanding into Mexico, you know, doing the uh-huh. same excavation, drilling. And you know how do you, how, I, I, I want to ask a question? How do you balance that person, the, like extremely busy, uh, you know, life? Why not you have as an entrepreneur, political candidate with family? I mean, have you? I mean, cause you, number one, I know you as a family man, uh, you know, yeah. of traditional values. So how do you work all that out personally? So it's 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 tough because I do work a lot, and I know many other entrepreneurs that are doing well and they all work like crazy i mean when you look at them or when you meet me we all look like wonderful ducks on top of a pond that look very calm but if you look yes. under the water if you look under the water we're paddling like crazy in order to move around <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, it's constant paddling uh, in the bottom. But in the case of, for example, that you asked about uh, my brother now doing that business in Mexico, um, I really, uh, we're doing quite well here. So he really, I don't, I don't have a big interest in me making money over there. I just want him and his uh, employees and everyone else to do well. Too. So it's it's more to help him out than for me. No, that's fantastic. Man. Yeah, that's good. And, and that's what family's all about. Yeah. yeah. Well, once you're at a at a certain level, I mean, everything else is just plus. And uh, well, one last uh, question uh, for my end. I'm sorry. Um, changing a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I want to know um, what was your plan once you become, you know, the next. Uh, city commissioner for Washington County. Can you give us a brief? Well, yes. So one of the uh, uh, one of the issues that we have here in our area, in, the, in this county, and not just this county, but the Tri-County area, is that um, housing has become very expensive for people that work regular jobs. Like if you work at a, I don't know, if you're a hairdresser or a, a plumber or have a regular job, it's, it's very expensive to buy your home. And that was not how it was uh, a years before. There are a lot of things that have changed for the good, but not that part. That part has not. Because we were able to buy a home ourselves. And I remember because I was uh, filling out the forms for my parents. And I believe we paid either 45000 or or $55,000 for the home. And it was a nice home. And now, $55,000, that doesn't even buy you the permit to start building a home here. And oh, my so, gosh. So this, is, this, is, this has to be uh, changed. Something we have to get to the root of the problem and f- find out why, why is this getting out of control. Uh, we also have other issues that we need to address. Like, uh, for example, I know that a lot of people... Um, in business who want to start a business, there's, there's just too many roadblocks to get something started. Uh, in the past, I remember when I got going, I just, you know, got the, the pickup truck and the lawnmower and, and started going. 
and it didn't require a whole lot of um, paperwork. Red tape. So red tape. Yeah. And now it's like, oh my goodness! If you if you just want to be a landscaper and you want to be legal here to do landscaping, you have to take like seven exams in the state. And what? And yes, and pass all those ex exams, and it, and it it was so bad that they wouldn't even let you take the exams unless you could have a letter from your previous employer that you had the qualification and the experience. And of course that was not right because the previous employer, many times they don't want to sign for you. If you're leaving them, they know you're going to be competition. Why would they sign for you? Why would they have correct? So there's yeah. a lot of, a lot of crazy stuff like that, that we need to correct. And, and, you know, with my experience and, and my background, I think I can do that because I understand that. I've been through there. Manuel, well, that, that, that's amazing. And I, I really, you know, we're going to be rooting for you where, you know, we need people like you representing, you know, number one, bringing diversity to our communities and to a representation because it's, you know, that's what it's called, representation. we got to represent our communities, which at this point, you know, we have a paltry and um, very non-diverse um, representatives across, you know, not only the, the state, but you know, across the U.S., no representative of, of, the, of the actual population, but also the values, you know. Number one, like you said, you know, housing, it's a big problem in our community, all throughout the states and globally, and it's going to be accelerating with this pandemic. I mean, people are out of, out of work. Uh, they have no income and we have no sustenance. So we don't have, um, uh, we just don't have a cushion to, so uh, we're going to see a, a complete economic meltdown in the next couple of weeks. So I, I really hope, you know, I'm rooting for you. And I just wanted to thank you and, and Maria for taking the time right now. Everybody's busy. We're, you know, <laughs> we're working overtime and trying to just, number one, stay afloat and, and think what's going to be next for me, my business, and my family. So I really want to thank you both for, for having to share, you know, both your stories here today. No, thank, you. Thank, thank you, Edgar, and thank you, Maria, for everything. Thank you, guys. Appreciate Bye, it. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Latino Founder Hour, episode 111. Today's episode of the Latino Founder Hour is brought to you by Publicize, a deconstructed PR subscription service which generates effective visibility for your business. They offer comprehensive PR services, and Publicize becomes a member of your team and can promote multiple PR announcements monthly. Check them out at publicize.co and tell them Sylvia and Edgar sent you. You've been listening to the Latino Founder Hour podcast. El programa Latino Founder Hour es grabado en las instalaciones de NetSpace en el estudio Bigfoot Podcast en la hermosa ciudad de Portland. Our audio engineer, mixer, and podcast editor is Alain Beausoleil. Diseñador de logo, Carolyn Main. Our network logo was designed by Jessica Chan. Diseñador de sitio web, Cameron Grimes. Our production assistant is Chelsea Lancaster. Tema de música, Funning and Sunning, de Kevin McLeod. Cree en ti mismo, sueña en grande y confía en el universo, de Marta Leticia y Silvia Romero. 